What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Cue the Banner. It is Monday, July 27th, and I am joined by nobody. I'm a lone wolf in the studio. The king of shitty takes is not with us, and we have that plus much, much more to bring to you. We finally have actual sports back. Baseball is here. An electric start could not stop smiling all weekend. They can't take it away now. Beyond everything that went on, we had the highlights to bring to you, and we are going to break down each division. It's still early, but we have a lot to learn. The NBA, ready to get things rolling. They officially restart this Thursday, July 30th at 6.30 with the Jazz Pelicans, followed by the Clippers-Lakers. Not many headlines coming out of the NBA besides the restart. The NFL, COVID protocols continue to emerge. Similar personnel movement to the MLB. Not a lot of headlines coming out of the NFL, similar to the NBA, just ready to get things rolling and learn a lot more. The NCAA, still a lot of movement, a lot of roads headed toward no-fall sports and opposition. Some conferences, organizations, and even states are getting involved now, seem to be pushing for football to happen in the NCAA. A lot of moving pieces there. In golf, Michael Thompson wins the 2020 3M Open playing 19 under golf. Looking ahead, we have a segment, Famous Birthdays in Florida Men. Before the Blackout, which is a reoccurring segment, first time taking a look at that segment for our Monday episode, we have a trivia question, which nobody can answer, uh, because the king of shitty takes is not here. Plank, don't let me down. Hit it. Well, I am joined by nobody, as I stated before. It's just me. I know this sucks. It is episode two, and I'm already alone. You can take that up with my co-host. Baseball is officially back, but before we get into all that, we need to address our audio issues. In episode number one, the first episode, if you were um, so blessed to join us, I know there were thousands of listeners on episode one. If you were blessed to join us, we did have some audio issues. It seemed that one of our tracks was a little too short, um, or maybe one's was too long. Uh, Grant seems to have that problem a lot, uh, usually much shorter than others, uh, where I'm a lot longer than others. Nonetheless, we are working to improve that quality constantly. Uh, we seem to have a lot of audio issues as it pertains to our platform and even beyond that, our quality of the audio. Um, just our voices in general. So we're working on that this evening. I'm sorry, this morning, uh, we are dealing with issues with, uh, as it pertains to our platform and we are unable to get my co-host with us. So I'm a lone wolf. Uh, it sucks that I'm already doing this on episode two. Uh, I feel like a single mother. I'm really putting in the work. Um, I'm going to do my best to be as entertaining as possible. It's not going to be pretty. Uh, and it's going to be a much shorter episode than usual, but we still want to bring you the headlines and we want to follow this script of Thursday, Monday, and of course, during football season, Saturday mornings with our takes. Now, with these audio issues, it's important to note that ESPN had just as many audio issues uh, over the weekend with baseball. It seemed that they had a lot of delays. Uh, they had shortened tracks just like we did. They were dealing with the same stuff that we were um, so I feel like I'm on the same level as ESPN. Um, I don't know. 
humble brag maybe, but you know, we're dealing with the same things that ESPN's dealing with. Jumping right into the MLB, electric start. I mentioned it before in the intro, couldn't stop smiling. Um, the MLB was just fun to watch. I couldn't help but smile the entire time. It was just so much fun to have sports back and, of course, baseball. The no fans didn't bother me. It just didn't bother me. Uh, I was unaffected by the no fans. I, I saw some people complaining about crowd noise, some people saying that it's weird having no fans. It might be weird that we're not able to get to the ballpark, uh, but sports are back, and I don't think there's much to complain about. So we started out Thursday with an electric first pitch. Um, Yankees-Nationals, if you were fortunate enough to watch that game, you got to see Dr. Anthony Fauci's first pitch, uh, which goes down as maybe like top five worst first pitches. Um, This was discussed in the past. Uh, We thought that he was going to have possibly a cannon. He was either going to be really, really good or really, really bad. And looking back on it, I did... I did say that it was, he was going to throw hard and it was going to be sharp. I just I just pictured him as being a hell of a pitcher, a hell of a first pitch guy. Um, looking back on that now, I'm glad. You know what? I'm glad. I'm reversing the take. I'm glad that the first pitch was garbage. He's got more important things to focus on. I mean, there's so much else going on in his life. He shouldn't be practicing his first pitch. His first pitch should be garbage. We've got a lot more on our plate than that. He looked like... He was throwing with a brick wall behind him. Like, he didn't reach the ball back past his ear like he was Yadier Molina. Like, he could throw somebody out from his knees. So I think maybe in the future, uh, instead of his first pitch, maybe he throws somebody out at second from his knees because he's got the arm to do it. It also kind of looked like he was trying to pick off the first. Um, I don't know if he watched John Lester's highlights or something uh, trying to pick off the first, but he threw it in between first uh, and home which is much better than I could do right now, uh, but not pretty to lead off the MLB. Uh, the National Anthem, if you got to see that right after, it was an all-out sprint, maybe 10 seconds. If I would have had a stopwatch out, I mean, that was an electric National Anthem, just sprinted through it, didn't even take a breath. It was all in one breath, the National Anthem came out. So we finally get things going with the Yankees, Nationals. Uh, it was It was just so nice to have baseball back. Uh, And then we get a fucking rain delay. We wait 200 plus days for baseball. Boom, rain delay. What? I was so mad. I was, we wait all this time. Then we get a fucking rain delay. And then that game ends like that. Thankfully, we moved on to LA with the Dodgers Giants where they had the fan cutouts. The fan cutouts. Like, I love the idea and I get it. I get what the MLB is trying to do with the fan cutouts. I like that it kind of sparks up some revenue for them. It gets the fans excited, more people watching the games, even the foul ball thing that's going on. Um, I think that's really cool. Nevertheless, whether there's a pretty face or an ugly face behind home plate in that cutout, it was creepy as shit. It was so scary to see all those smiling faces. I bet you these pitchers that threw over the weekend in these stadiums with the cutouts are having nightmares of these faces looking back at them because that's what it was like. It was kind of scary to see all these faces and they were kind of, the cameras were panning around because they don't have anything else to look at. I'm not a fan of the cutouts. I like what it does for the game. Uh, I don't have a problem with the empty stadiums. I really don't. It doesn't bother me at all. I love hearing the pop of the mitt. 
I love hearing the bat strike the ball. I love being able to hear the chatter in the dugouts. Uh, maybe it's because I'm a hardcore baseball fan and your casual baseball fan may want the fans or they want the interaction, whatever it may be. The cutouts creep me out. Why can't we just leave it empty? In Cincinnati over the weekend, it was empty. They had an awning so that the players could go out there and sit. Uh, that was pretty cool. We got to see some interaction between the pitchers and kind of where they were sitting and whatnot. Um, I don't have a problem with that. But then again, I do understand the cutouts. Moving into Friday, we had a ton of games. I believe there was 13 games as that final number. Pretty much everybody was playing. A um, lot of games on the slate for Friday. I obviously am watching the Reds. I know Grant watched the Indians, his team. Uh, one of the big things that came out for me was I watched the Astros debut. And first of all, fuck them. Um, I'm so disappointed that I don't get to boo the Astros. It was on my bucket list. It was on my bucket list to boo the Astros. I was so excited for that. But I'm passionately rooting against them. I found myself watching the Astros Mariners passionately rooting for the Astros to lose or to fuck up. And maybe this was just me overlooking things or looking for something against the Astros. It seemed like the Mariners were getting a lot of calls, especially with the strike zone and the, and the pitchers. Uh, I'm not sure if that was true. Our listeners can go back and see that. Um, maybe I was looking a little bit too far into it. Um, I wasn't upset about it, not upset about it. Uh, I just don't want to see them succeed. The only reason, and there's not much of a reason, I promise you, the only reason I want to see them succeed is because of who's in that dugout um, taking care of business right now, which is Dusty Baker. And how can you not love fucking Dusty Baker? Dusty Baker is the perfect calming presence right now for this Astros roster. They got a lot going on. They have the media constantly bothering them. We saw that early in spring training and then throughout this summer league, this summer camp that they're calling it, uh, media constantly bothering them. They're constantly getting heat from everybody on the internet. Um, Dusty Baker's the perfect guy for this. He's just kind of like, we're here to play baseball. Let's fucking do it. Um, beyond the Astros playing, we saw some interesting news come out today. For 20 minutes, I thought Verlander was done. Everybody did. For 20 minutes, everybody thought Justin Verlander was done for the year because that was the news that came out. He was done for the year um, very quickly. Justin Verlander comes out and says it's just a, just a forearm strain. He's not sure how long he's going to be out, but he'll be back. We've seen this happen before. Uh, we've seen it happen before with pitchers. Um, they say they're done for the year. We hear they're done for the year. Uh, they come out and say, oh, it's just a forearm strain, whatever. Uh, I'll be fine. Then it ends up being more. Sometimes it ends up being less, and they're right back. Um, and then in some cases, they did get diagnosed and, and are done for the season. And then they come out and say, no, I'm not done for the season. Um, I don't know. I think it's something to watch. and We'll continue to update you with this as, a, as, a, as we follow it. I'm not sure what to think of this Verlander situation. I know it's not good. Um, regardless if he's down and you never want to see a player get hurt, especially somebody that's at the age of 37 um, and likely on their way out over the next few years. You don't want to see him go out like this, especially somebody's passion is Justin Verlander. Beyond the Astros, obviously there was a lot of baseball on, and it's the first weekend. Okay, I don't want everybody to overlook this. It's the first weekend, but we want to give you a brief rundown of the American League, the National League, kind of what went down. 
once again, I know it's the first weekend. You can't take a lot away. Um, it's really tough to see who's going to be good, who's going to be bad in the first weekend. But when it's a 60-game sprint like this, I mean, you really get to see the picture-perfect coaching quote, every game matters. Every game should matter if the season's 200 games long or if it's five games long. Every game should matter, especially when it comes down to one or two games behind, playoffs, no playoffs. And then you think back to midsummer and you're like, damn, if we would have just won this game or it would have worked out in our favor, we'd be fine right now. We get to see it on deck right now with a 60-game sprint. It's going to be really fast, people. I mean, we're going to be able to see what goes down. Um, and you're going to be able to say, look back on the Cincinnati Reds schedule and say, we should have taken all three games from Detroit. Bullpen blows it. The offense isn't productive enough. That's why we're not in the playoffs. Something similar to that. But um, nevertheless, we did mention in the first episode, we don't want any bullshit after we give our takes and kind of the headlines. We want to give you what you need to know. Um, so the American League East, the Baltimore Orioles, which is a shocker, uh, Baltimore Orioles, but once again, it's weekend one, Baltimore Orioles, uh, followed by the Rays and the Yankees, are all tied for first place in the AL East, followed by the Blue Jays and Red Sox. A little bit of a shocker there. Once again, it's the first weekend. Big note there, I always look at the run differential because you can see who started out hot. You can also get a good picture of the pitching early on. Uh, Orioles have a negative run differential. Um, meaning they allowed more runs than they scored. Uh, and they still won two games. This could be good. It could be bad. Uh, we'll see. Uh, in the Central, the Indians, Tigers, and Twins all tied for first, followed by the White Sox and the Royals. I'm assuming we're going to see a bit of a spin there. I can't see the Tigers hanging on, but who knows? Um, the Tigers kind of escaped because of a shitty Cincinnati Reds bullpen, which I will get to. Um, I won't rant as long as I wish I could about Cincinnati Reds and that bullpen and their lack of offensive production this weekend after an electric starting rotation. But Indians, Tigers, Twins, White Sox, Royals. Moving on to the West, the Astros, unfortunately, are leading in the West 2-1 start, followed by the Athletics, then the Angels, Mariners, Rangers. Uh, big note out of the AL and baseball as a whole, we are still waiting on some games to finish, uh, but nevertheless, no undefeated teams. Um, and everybody, obviously, that means everybody has a win as well. Moving into the National League, um, NL East, we have the Braves and the Marlins. Uh, this was a last-minute change as we just had a game end. Um, Braves and Marlins at 2-1, and one, followed by the Nationals, Mets, and Phillies at one and two. Not sure what we're going to see out of the East. I think that will change um, a little bit, but it is kind of strange how this is playing out. Now that I kind of look at it all in one big picture based on the predictions um, that we have made in the first episode when we took an MLB deep dive and took a look at all the teams. Um, in the Central, which is probably going to be the tightest here, I guess we'll see. Uh, Cardinals, Cubs, Tied for first at 2-1, and one, followed by the Reds, Pirates, and Brewers. Cincinnati Reds should have swept this weekend. I'll just come out and say it. Um, one of the best, if not the best, starts from a starting rotation in the first weekend. Um, all three pitchers from the Cincinnati Reds looked absolutely electric. Um, so, many diff- so many strikeouts. So many innings pitched. So little hits. So few runs. 
and he still can't pull out a fucking win. Unbelievable. Nevertheless, moving ahead to the West, the Dodgers, Rockies, and Padres sit atop, tied for first, two and one, followed by the Giants and Diamondbacks. Hope you could follow along with all that. If you can't, feel free to reach out to us. We're still getting all that information rolling. Feel free to reach out to us and see if we have um, maybe another another way to get you your scores. We can even break down each individual score if need be. Moving forward, the MLB today had some some players leaving for this COVID IR mysteriously. Uh, it's extremely unfortunate. It sucks. That's all. It sucks. Um, we saw the Marlins kind of deal with an outbreak. Uh, it seems like they had four guys for sure test positive, and that's worrisome because they're all at once. Uh, and then the Reds throughout today, we had more and more news come out of Cincinnati. Uh, it seems that we have, the Cincinnati Reds have had an outbreak. Uh, they had one positive test allegedly yesterday. There wasn't much news on that, um, but he was pulled from the game. And then early this morning, players come out and say they feel ill. They're moved to the uh, COVID IR. Um, people are calling for the MLB to step in now. I hate this. I hate that people are already calling for the MLB to step in. You set up these pro these COVID protocols so that you can keep playing amidst an outbreak, amidst an outbreak on a team. Obviously, we don't want it to get out of control, but these protocols are put into place so it doesn't get out of control. So that if it does happen in a clubhouse, we have the ability to control it we know who's sick, who's not sick. We contain those players that are sick, bring them back when they're healthy. Everything is good. If you thought there wasn't going to be going to be any positive tests, you are outside of your mind. There's going to be a positive test. I don't want the positive test to happen. Let me make that very clear. Nobody wants the positive test to happen. But they're going to happen. They're going to happen in every organization. It's just going to be something we're going to have to deal with. Trevor Bauer today was asked about it, um, asked if he had any concerns now that there were positive tests coming out, especially on his team. Um, he said, and I love this, and this is hopefully how every player is looking at it and how every fan should look at it. You know the risk when you're coming in. You know there's going to be positive tests, and you know there's a risk if you decide to play that you could get it. And it's just a risk that you're going to have to deal with this season in order to play. Um, and you hope protocols and everything falls into place, you come back healthy um, and good to go, you don't have to deal with it. But it's going to happen, and there, that risk is there. And this is no reason for the MLB to step in. Let me make that very clear. I don't, I don't want baseball to end. And I'm not trying to be selfish like, oh, how many players are going to get sick? I still want to play. No. These protocols are put into place so that we can protect our players as soon as we know that there are positive tests. But there will be positive tests. Moving forward to the NBA. The NBA, I apologize for that MLB rant. Um, I really want baseball to stick around. It can't leave now. Uh, but with the NBA, they're ready to get things rolling. The NBA officially returns. Um, got this restart rolling. It's going to be a sprint for the NBA just, just as well. Um, the NBA officially returns this Thursday, July 30th at 6.30 with the Jazz Pelicans, followed by the Clippers Lakers. We continue to see some highlights out of the NBA. There are not uh, many headlines coming out, um, just as there was last week. Not much coming out of the NBA highlights-wise, but we're starting to get things rolling. I'm really tired of the bogus headlines out of the NBA. 
Uh, there's nothing cooking. I mean, these reporters are looking for headlines, and that's why they're bogus. Um, but we're going to take a deep dive ahead of Thursday's matchups. As we, as we know, we have an episode coming out Thursday morning. We're going to take a deep dive into the NBA, similar to what was done for the MLB start. Uh, kind of looking at some predictions, what's going to happen, go over their protocol, um, maybe get some stories from the bubble ahead of the start. Not much going on in the NBA, as I mentioned many times. We're just really ready to get things rolling. Uh, one story that did come out was Lou Williams, Clippers guard. Um, so he had left for allegedly a funeral. I'm not sure it was an excused absence from the bubble. Um, and then social media leaked that he went to the strip club. Um, and, the, and the best part of this is he allegedly went to the strip club to pick up dinner. Um, so Lou Williams goes to the strip club for dinner. Um, and I watch porn for the ads. Lou Williams going to the strip club for dinner is bonkers. That is absolutely fucking ridiculous that he said he went there for dinner. It's time to own up to it. You got to own up to it. And you got to wonder if it was a funeral that he was actually excused for. If he did go to the funeral, what happened after? He just asked his cousins, hey, like, I know you're really sad. Um, You want to go to the titty bar? What went down there? What was the conversation like? I have so many questions for Lou Williams. He's quarantined. He was quarantined on Saturday and also fined $150,000. I believe he's missing two games um, and missing uh, two games in a eight-game regular season sprint ahead of the playoffs. This could be a big deal. could be a big deal for any player. Um, but he is paying the price. Uh, and I know one thing my co-host wanted me to mention is he wants to know, was it worth it, Lou? I mean, it's possible that it was worth it. I mean, that dinner could have been, like, real good. That dinner could have been real thick. You just don't know. It could have been worth it for Lou. But that's going to be the question the media wants to know. He's quarantined in the bubble for 10 days. That's all we have for the NBA. Just a guard going to the titty joint. That's all we got. Moving forward to the NFL, COVID protocol details continue to emerge. Uh, we continue to get information. It seems like the Players Association and the league keep revealing details. We keep thinking we're getting the full plan, and then we don't get the full plan. I don't know what to think of this. Um, But their protocols seem to be really strict, which is what they need. It is ridiculous how far the NFL was behind. They had four months to get out ahead of this, establish protocols just like everybody else did. And they didn't do a damn thing. The NFL didn't work on any protocols? What are you, fucking stupid? Finally, the Players Association steps forward and says, Hey, remember us? We still got a fucking league to run here. And these guys aren't safe. So the COVID protocols are established in the NFL and so far really strict. Uh, The latest thing emerging is they're having a similar personnel movement to the MLB, this COVID IR, uh, and they're allowing a lot more roster movement, which is exactly what they need to do. I don't know how how it took this long. This is ridiculous, and we've been over this over and over again, and as details continue to emerge from the NFL, we're going to keep saying this. I can't believe how far behind they were, but 
now we're finally taking the right steps, and, and it's actually nice to see the league and the Players Association agree. I think we could potentially be avoiding a strike that was going to come in the next couple of years with the NFL. That was inevitable. Um, they just uh, disagree a lot, but finally they're agreeing on a couple of things. So I don't know. Hopefully that's a good sign. One big storyline uh, that people were following, people have honestly been following this storyline for two years, is Jamal Adams is traded to the Seahawks. There wasn't a lot going on in the NFL headlines-wise, but this was a big one. Finally traded to the Seahawks. Uh, this was a story that was has happened really over the past two years. Um, Jamal Adams has been very, very open. Um, I mean, dare I say disrespectful. Um, disrespectful. Uh, to his organization and to kind of organizations across the NFL about what he wanted to happen. Um, he wanted to, he wanted to trade uh, and he was kind of open that he wanted to be traded from the Jets due to the fact that he wanted to win. Uh, he, he disagreed with the organization. It seemed like they just never really were, were getting along. Um, he's been quoted saying, I want to be with an organization that wants to win and do things the right way. Uh, he was very open, uh, and blatant about what he wanted to happen. Uh, and he has been for a long time and he finally gets his way. Um, the Seahawks gave up quite a bit for him. I'm not sure how this trade pans out. Uh, don't get me wrong. Jamal Adams is really exciting to watch. And hopefully he does a lot for the Seahawks team because they did give up a lot, but it seems like. Uh, this may have been a, a little bit too much. They gave up first and third round picks in the 2021 draft and then a first round selection in the 2022 draft. Maybe looking ahead, um, they know a lot more than we do. Their analytics people are all about this, obviously. Uh, it's very rare that we see them miss uh, on a trade this early. They could be seeing things that we don't see, but we'll see how this pans out uh, over hopefully the next season uh, if the season gets rolling. Something to keep an eye on because he has been very vocal in the past. And to be honest, he's a lot of fun to watch on the field and off the field. That's pretty much all we had coming out of the NFL. Moving forward to the NCAA. Still a lot of movement in the NCAA. A lot of roads are leading to no fall sports. That's what it seems like. Some organizations, we mentioned this in the, uh, last week, some organizations seem like they're prepping for football practice. Um, they're like planning out masks and they're planning out practices so they can social distance and other organizations are like, we're just waiting for football to get canceled. Finally, the players are kind of being outspoken about this. Um, a lot of them coming out now and saying we need the season canceled because it's getting dangerous. Uh, we saw Michigan state and Rutgers entire team get quarantined, uh, because of positive tests. These players are worried. Simple as that. I don't blame them. I don't blame one bit, but then in, in the complete opposite, we saw OU move up their season opener, and now Notre Dame's discussing an ACC championship. Notre Dame obviously playing on par with the ACC, and now they're discussing possibly paying for the conference championship. Um, but as of our last update with the NCAA, not a lot has changed. There's just a lot of moving pieces going on right now, and it doesn't seem like we can follow any of them to the end. Everybody has a different idea. Obviously, in the past couple months, things have changed a lot. Um, conferences, even state officials, um, individual teams are coming forward with different ideas. 
and then even some of them are making moves toward whatever whatever idea they're they're going with. We've seen state officials step forward and say you need to cancel. Um, we've seen conferences come out and say conference only. Uh, even some conferences coming out and saying I don't think we're going to play. Uh, the SEC still really nothing coming and not a peep really. Sounds like they're going to cancel, but then it sounds like they're also arranging for non-conference schedules. I'm not sure what to think. Uh, there's a lot going on right now, but I feel like we're going to be asking this question each week. Uh, but is the NCAA planning on playing football? I really don't know. Um, I hope we're not asking this question every week. I would obviously love to see them play, uh, and I'm sure the players want to play. But at what cost? I mean, if everything's going the way it is right now, you can't put these kids' lives in jeopardy. Um, whether or not they get sick and get healthy or not, some of these kids are going to get really sick. And it's not a risk that anybody should be willing to take with any college institution. You know, um, these are college athletes. We can't forget about this. Um, they're students first. And I know that's extremely cliche, but you have to think about this in, in this time. Uh, and you can't move to spring. Uh, with the draft and everything for football, these guys just won't play. Uh, it'll be kind of useless, and it'll be way too much for individual schools to handle. I don't know. At this point, it might be best to call it off uh, and not even worry about it, but we, we don't know. We really don't know a lot. The NCAA hasn't said anything. The NCAA is kind of pushing this off to the schools. Schools have pushed it off to the conferences. Um, and even some schools are pushing it off to state officials to make a decision. Nobody wants to make the decision to say no, but they're all thinking it, thinking it in the back of their head. So we'll keep following the NCAA. Like I said, a lot of movement. There's a lot of movement in the NCAA for fall sports and even some winter sports now. Uh, we're seeing smaller schools move everything and even cancel seasons. I don't know. We'll continue to follow it. We'll continue to give you updates. Uh, I'm sure we'll have more on Thursday, uh, continued updates. Because schools keep announcing things, states keep announcing things, conferences keep announcing things. Moving forward to golf, um, pretty much the only headline I read in the beginning there, Michael Thompson wins the 2023 M Open playing 19 under golf. Um, if you took a look at the leaderboard, it was a little bit different than in the past, uh, a little bit smaller tournament. Um, quick drink quick drink because I'm all alone here because uh, Grant just fucked me. Um, yeah, I took on the 3M championship. Had some, had a crazy shot from the bunker. Uh, I don't know if our listeners, that's terrible, terrible podcasting by me if I'm just going to uh, describe shots that he took. But news coming out of golf, Tiger's going to skip the St. Jude Invitational in preparation for the PGA Championship. St. Jude was moved um, just like a lot of these tournaments have been moved from earlier. Um, Tiger's still preparing for things, as I know he dealt with some back stiffness. Moving forward, we're not going to be able to do Famous Birthdays in Florida Men, our, our new segment that we're kind of introducing. It's a new one today. We have tried other segments. Uh, and our pilots, we had a lot of different pilots as we went over in our first episode. We will not be able to do this due to my co-host, not being in attendance because uh, he's just a schmuck. Simple as that. He's just avoiding hard work. But we will be able to do before the blackout. It's just not going to be nearly as fun. So before the blackout is going to be our reoccurring segment every Monday. We're going to do this segment every Monday 
I'm going to start by introducing the segment because uh, obviously it's brand new. This is our first Monday episode, but before the blackout, it's all about those puzzling questions that you got asked on your drunken stumble on the weekend before you blacked out. So everybody knows once the beers get flowing, uh, whether you're at a family event, you're out with the boys, some kind of questions come up. Questions that maybe you don't have an answer for or questions that it's like, wow, I never really thought about things this way. So before the blackout, is all about those questions you get asked before you blackout. So right in that gap between like 10 to 15 beers, it's like, wow, I'm really drunk. Wow, that, that's a hell of a fucking question. And then boom, black, fade to black. First question I have, and my co-host, the king of shitty takes, had a couple too, but it's just me. And nobody's going to be able to answer these. But the listeners, uh, this might puzzle you. Yeah, I might ruin your day with this first one. It ruined my day. I couldn't even think of it. I was to the point where I couldn't even conceive the question itself. I was like, wait a minute, how does this even... Here's the question. Which orange came first? The fruit or the color? This bugged me. This is one of those questions that ruined my day. It ruined my weekend. I had a great weekend besides the Reds uh, losing to the Tigers twice, which was garbage, won't happen again. We're going to play them again. Um, which comes first, the fruit or the color? Did somebody see the fruit, named it an orange, and then we see this color, and it's like, that looks a lot like this orange. That's now orange. And if that's the case, why? So, wait a minute. Are we trying to? No, I don't even. I don't even want to say it. I don't even want to say which came first, the fruit or the color. Let let that sink in for a bit. Let that sink in. Obviously, we're gonna see all colors, but when did that come about? When did orange come about? Period. And when we saw it first, what do we call it? We see it and we go, "That's orange." And the fruit comes along. And he's like, yo, I look a lot like this color. You're like, you're, you're orange, which is just lazy. No matter what, there's laziness coming out of this segment. This first question here. You saw the color, and then you saw the fruit. You're like, that's orange, same color. I'm calling this same color orange. Or the other way around, it's just pure laziness. I'm glad Grant isn't with us for this segment. Um... I would have blown his mind. He's simple-minded, farm-town Ohio kid. Um, struggles enough with reading the printouts that I do uh, for writing these episodes. And don't get me wrong, these episodes aren't scripted, but i got to lay out the headlines for him because uh, he's terrible at what he does. But he struggles enough reading, and if I would have asked him this question, it would have been over. He probably wouldn't have been functioning at this point. Second question I got. Is it okay for opposing stadiums to have a boo chant built in for the Astros? So obviously we're, all the stadiums are pumping in some kind of crowd noise. And the crowd noise has been different. Let me just say that. Different teams have like louder crowds. Or I know that the Reds have chanting in their crowds built in. Um, different chants going on. I, it seems like the Yankees Nationals didn't have like the chanting type thing going on. Um, and even the Giants-Dodgers, it didn't seem like that. Um, 
But is it okay if we have a boo chant built in for the Astros? Because I have a passionate, passionate hatred for the Astros now. I just want to see them fail. I don't want to see Dusty Baker fail. If it was possible to see Dusty Baker succeed and the Astros fail, that's what I would be rooting for, but we can't have that. So instead, I want to see the Astros fail. But while they're failing, I want some boo chants. And I think it would be hysterical if there was a boo chant built in for the Astros. Wouldn't that be phenomenal? I think that would be so much fun, but is it ethical? And how much heat are these stadiums, these sound guys, going to take for something like that? Like, is that even... I don't think it's right, necessarily. Uh, But is it something that is attainable? Is it something that we can do? Is it okay? Is it already being done? I think there are a lot of questions to be answered with that. But that was our segment before the blackout. I promise you it's a lot better uh, when I got my co-host with me. Moving on to trivia. uh, I had this question set up for my co-host because he had some interesting comments about the Reds' lineup. Uh, So I kind of gave away the answer here. Here's my question. Mike Trout hit 84 home runs in the last two seasons combined, which is number one. So 2018-2019 season combined, he had number one, 84 home runs. Who hits the second most 2018-2019 combined seasons with 83? So this question, I, I had to find... Um, this question because Grant had mentioned uh, over the weekend when I brought up the Reds lineup and how there's really no breaks in pitching the rotation and there's no breaks in the lineup. Obviously, it's proven wrong with their lack of offense, and this player in particular uh, is hitless. He went into the first weekend and left the first weekend hitless. Eugenio Suarez hit 83 bombs in the last two seasons, completely under the radar. He's completely under the radar because the Reds have been garbage. And now he might even fly under the radar again because he is over. Not a hit to his name yet. I'm not sure what to think of that. But that's something that's going to keep happening all week. I'm going to keep complaining about it. I'm going to keep crying about the Reds. Uh, You're going to hear about it likely on Thursday uh, unless we pull out. Uh, some games here against the Cubbies looking ahead. Nevertheless, that was the episode. Those were our segments. Uh, I was the lone wolf. The lone wolf today. Um, I'm, I'm, I miss Grant. Grant, if you're listening, I miss you. It sucked. Uh, we're still working on sound quality issues. We're working on different platforms. We're actively pursuing different platforms and what we can do. Uh, to create not only better sound quality, um, but hopefully work out some issues we have with our editing. Um, our producer, Plank, is, is learning as we do. We're actively pursuing solutions to all of these problems. Uh, we hope that this is our only episode ever with just me. Um, we hope to be able to wrap our head around always being together. Nevertheless, that's all we have for you today. Join us this coming Thursday for NBA Restart Takes and much, much more. We hope you continue to stick with us. As mentioned previously, we are constantly looking for ways to improve. And that includes creative content we provide.
You are listening to Cue the Banner. As always, stay safe, be healthy. Plank, take us out, buddy.